Hi, this is the Madness of Trip, and you are listening to the Three Count Podcast with Red Dog. <laughs> Welcome everybody to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast Presents Now Winter Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, which by now, all of you listening to the show should just be saying that I am your Sherpa. That's right. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. And who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at SWA, NYCW, Full Circle Pro, Tough and Talented, Sanctuary, ACWA, ICW, and BBE. He is the universally known as the Madness of Trip. (laughs) Wow. There's that, that's a long list of companies to find us at. That, that kind of caught us off guard. We haven't heard it said by someone else. It's usually us saying it to someone. So no, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's it's funny because like um, when I go through and start doing research and stuff like that, and people like hear it back, they're like, "Oh, I forgot that I was at that spot." <laughs> so it's always funny. No, there's a long list of places to say that I forgot that I was at that spot and. Forgot is big air quotes. Conveniently forgot, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally understand. I totally get it. So we have met a couple times uh, in person and had like great conversations and stuff like that. And so I was genuinely excited to when one, you said, "Yeah, I'm going to come on your show," and two, you know, to be able to kind of like pick your brain and kind of see like you know what I can, uh, what I can learn and stuff because I, I I know that you've been around for such a long time and I was like, man, let me get some advice from this man and who's been involved in this business and just like have so much fun with it. Oh man, you're, you're going to make us sound old by saying that we've been in it for so long. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nin- I mean, 19 I years, 19 years, <laughs> 19 years. But, As we say that we feel our hip and our neck. Yeah. Actually, you know, what's funny is like, uh, we were in training yesterday and I, I took a bump and just, I felt something pop and I was like, Mm, the neck is definitely sore today. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I'm definitely feeling that age part. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost like wrestlers. We age kind of comparable to dogs with what we put our bodies through. It's like, how old are you? You're 25? Well, no, how long have you been wrestling? Six years. Oh, so you're really like 41. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a fair assumption. Yeah, you just multiply it you know, <laughs> like a time and a half. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's like, but you know, oh. the funny side of things though is that we actually heal quicker than like your average person. Like, I'll say that because something that was brought to me from another wrestler, and I didn't believe him at first, but they're like, you're going to find yourself like you'll get injured, but then like the doctors will tell you it'll take you like 12 weeks to recover. You'll do it in like seven. And I was like, sure. And then sure enough, like I got injured and I was out for like, I was supposed to be out for 10 weeks. And then, like, seven weeks later, I'm back in the ring bumping. And I was like, damn it. This guy was so right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we all, we all get this, like, inherent Wolverine gene. You know, we all get this little genetic mutation that helps us with healing. Yep. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. We are all, we, we get in, we take, like, three bumps, and then the body's like, all right, super healing activate. <laughs> yep. 
So I've actually well, found myself over the years going through withdrawal when I'm not bumping in a ring. I need my daughter to pound on my back like a drum just to give me the familiar feeling of getting beat up. <laughs> oh man, like when I got when I got in and we had the national shutdown, and for two months we didn't do anything, and I couldn't even get in a mm-hmm. ring or anything. And then I remember like getting back in a ring and just telling myself like I I don't want to take this bump like at all. <laughs> And then I did, and I was like, oh, yeah, that sucks. That still sucks. <laughs> oh, it always sucks. We just know how to make it suck a little less. <laughs> so for our listeners and our viewers who don't know who you are, please let the fans know who is the madness of Trip. Sometimes we don't really know who we are that much anymore. It's just we've decided to take all the different aspects of the psychological breakdown with the ego, super ego, and the id, and we try to apply a real-world application to it in a theatrical sense. So being the madness of trip is actually embracing the psychology of the human mind and trying to make it an art form, not necessarily split personalities because it's all one mind, just the different aspects of it. But as for who we are, we embrace jovial violence, we deliver violent and aggressive benevolence, and... We like to hurt people and smile while we do it. <laughs> yeah, I remember like watching you at uh, at SWA, and I was like, "Those poor bastards have no idea what they're getting themselves into." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went into that. Uh, you're you're talking about the gauntlet match, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, we we went into that with the intention of choking everybody out. And that's basically what we did. <laughs> Yep, a different yep. choke for you. A different choke for you. Oh, what do we have for you? A different choke. Oh, you're on the ropes. We're not letting go. We're not letting go. That's just going to hold on for dear life. <laughs> well, it wasn't our dear life. It was his. his life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you how did you get into the sport? Oh, so uh so, so the, the the behind the person behind the, the gimmick a little bit so that's what we're doing we're kind of just peeking behind um my mother actually dated a wrestler way 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 back in the day around the time we were like four to six months old somewhere in that range and we've just been around it forever and we've been obsessed with it forever so uh a lot of time in pennsylvania yielded good training opportunities coming up to buffalo yielded more training opportunities and then just Anytime we can get into a ring, we did. And that, that's that's basically the long and short of it. You know, you can name drop the Samoans. You can name drop the All-Nighters. Um, you can, you know, we can go through the long, long, long list of seminars. But it's just we, we've been relentless in the pursuit to be in a wrestling ring since we were a kid. And that's, you know, when we turned 18, it couldn't stop us. When we turned 20... And started to gain some confidence in our ability to speak and our actual appearance. We got rid of a hood, got a lot more tattoos, and then gradually tried to figure out what we were doing. Oh, yeah, that. a lot of trial and error. <laughs> but that's how that's 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 how it should be, right? Like your journey of like who you want to be and who you want to become, and like the character you're trying to portray. You know, it's it's really about like trial and error and just like figuring out what's going to work, what's not going to work, maybe. You know, even, like, I think when I go with me and, like, just the small time that I've been involved, like, there's certain moves and stuff that I, like, I'm like, oh, I'm going to hit this move in the match. And then I do it, and I'm just like, 
yeah, you know, I don't want to do it again in another match. Like I'm, I'm good with what I did. And uh, it's it's all like the the trial and error aspects of like trying to figure out who you who you want to be as far as like like a worker or even just like as a person. Sorry, you got real digital for a while. So if you're pausing, waiting for me to respond, I don't know exactly what you were saying. Oh, <laughs> no, I was just saying that the whole game is just it's a trial and error thing. Like, especially with the movesets that you're trying to do. Oh, yeah, with a whole lot of error. Yeah, <laughs> yes, a lot of errors. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean. There we go. Yep. Now we're back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Everything just went to buffering for a second. Um, So yeah, I'm a whole trial and error thing and eventually finding what you're going to be. Didn't start off with a top hat. Didn't start off crazy. Literally started off with a nickname that I got from the very first time I got into a ring. My foot got out in the ropes with help flying in my face. And that's where trip came from. Like there's no grandiose, like major story. It's literally I was a clumsy, short, fat kid. Tripped on the rope, fell on my face. <laughs> you pulled a Batista. Yep. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I did it first. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I started off rocking uh, Sabres colors, blue and yellow, for my gear, and I really had no idea what to do with the name, so I just came out hopping around, and I was like, oh, generic babyface wrestler. Here we go. Let's make it happen. And then uh, really liked heavy metal, tried to get in a headbanging and use that as part of the gimmick. No one gave it, no one, no one gave a shit. Uh, tried going real drastic, cut all my hair off, tried to go to an airbrush singlet and trying to be a wrestler, wrestler, Kurt Angle style. Still, no one gave a shit. It wasn't until that the first time my tag partner and I, Brian, teamed up and we started wrestling as Spot Monkeys Inc. Two grown men, looked like the Hardy Boys, acting like monkeys, eating bananas on the way to the ring. That's when I was like, wow. This is the dumbest shit I've ever done, and people like it. Okay, let's run with it. Uh, it was after or toward the end of that, I blew out my knee, and I had about six months off just trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I came back because Brian had moved on and gotten a new partner. And I watched a lot of like Alice in Wonderland, Van Helsing, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, and the first words out of my mouth were, "I could rock a top hat." Why not do that? Why not? Why not go crazy? Why not be the Mad Hatter of pro wrestling? So, I was like, "Hey, let, let, I'll let the fans decide. They're gonna love me or hate me." And then you just go. Yeah, and that's the one thing I noticed is that, like, yes, you definitely could rock out a top hat. We're not gonna play that game. <laughs> but what makes it so cool? To Thank you. That, <laughs> what makes it so cool is it's just like this. Um, I don't want to put it. You just. I don't know. It, it once you realize like where you're at and what you want to do with your character, the, like everything else just kind of falls into place, and it just feels like everything just kind of turns swap. I know, like for me, uh, like I tried the whole serious like mercenary kind of gimmick, and like while it was kind of rolling, it just didn't feel like me. I just felt like I was just kind of forcing something all together, and I was like, 
mm, let me see what else I can do. And I was like, I remember, like, in the military, we all, like, live on dark humor. I was like, so why in the fuck am I sitting here, like, trying to be all stoic about shit? I was like, let me crack jokes about somebody and then, like, beat their ass because that's what we would do normally. And uh, then I was like, it's going to be like Deadpool because my name's Red Dog. <gasps> and then, like, as soon as it all came together, I was like, yeah, I'm going to run this character right into the ground. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> well, a lot of the inspiration behind the madness of Trip uh, didn't come from wrestling. Uh, the only person that was an inspiration uh, for the early crazy aspect of the gimmick was Daphne, uh, which was even more embellished when I got to meet her and actually got to work with her. So that that one was just, that was a dream come true. That was awesome. I was like, oh, okay, cool. The gimmick has now come full circle. So now how can I evolve? Uh, I took a lot of inspiration from, oh man, almost everything you've ever seen Johnny Depp do, thrown in a blender, sprinkle of Marilyn Manson. Um, if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, Shale Gorath, the Daedric Prince of Madness was a good inspiration. Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it was a nice amalgamation of different intellectual psychopaths and they enjoyed what they did. So I was like, okay, cool. Let's let's add my own crazy to it and see where it goes. Yeah, I was gonna say I could definitely see like the Fight Club aspect of things because it was like there, there was like this sick menacing laugh as you're like choking people out, and I was like, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's definitely Tyler. I was like, I could see that happening so quick, and I was like, I can relate to this. <laughs> yeah, that's part of the fun stuff. <laughs> so. You said it yourself, right? 15 years into the business, and I just need to know, what's the worst bump you've taken? 19 years. 19 years, I'm sorry. 19 years, yeah. Worst bump? Uh, botched tombstone pile driver that broke my neck. Yeah. That would, that would yep. be tops. Yep, two fractures of the C3, compressions for C5 and C6, herniation, two herniated discs. Hematoma in the spinal column. Yep. Worst bump ever. Mm. Not one I August 25th, 2012. Oh, damn. Yep. Damn, damn. I was just... The worst part about it was, uh, it was my idea. (laughs) So, how did that make you feel? (laughs) Um, well... Given the angle that was going and given the story that was written, uh, that move was designed to put a big exclamation point for the finish. And it did in a real sense of the exclamation point. (laughs) So I guess like I'm I'm kind of curious because I know like a lot of people who are probably watching this can, you know, they know like Big E kind of going through the same situation, like with his, his neck fracture and everything. Like, Recovery time and everything that was going on with you, like, what was the biggest questions that you had coming, like, wanting to come back? Like, what what was your, I guess, yeah, what was your biggest questions, like, hitting you? So, the the worst parts about it were, uh, I was in a neck brace for about 23 hour, 23 and a half hours a day. I took it off a little bit in the morning to, like, take a shower and took it off a little bit before bed to scratch my neck. Uh, I could for a while. I couldn't even cut my own food, so like, uh, my my girlfriend at the time, uh, 
Well, at the time, that was her title. Um, yeah, and we had just started dating that year. Uh, she had take like she dropped everything to take care of me. She had to cut my food like I was a little kid, you know, couldn't handle it myself. Just putting pressure with the knife and fork, the hands went numb. Uh, as far as my biggest question during the injury, I was getting so angry and I just couldn't stand everything that was going on. Hated life. Had to readjust to turning at the head when I got the neck brace off because I was turning at the waist. But I think the biggest question was, could I keep doing this? Because, um, you know, the, I had nerve damage that, uh, goes into my left, like down my left forearm and into my left hand. So my reaction time with my left hand was, you know, uh, just shy of a full second behind. So I would think it, then it would happen versus instantaneous. So my, my biggest thing was, am I going to be able to do this? Can I bump again? Am I ever going to try taking any kind of a pile driver, even a DDT? You know, am I going to have second thoughts? Uh, am I going to second guess myself of what I'm going to do, what I'm going to take? So there, there was, there was a lot of things that went into it. And then my first match back, I remember the promoter telling me, Hey, it's your first match. I need you to take it easy. Okay, Sean. Sure. I'll take it easy. Finished the match. Went for a super kick. Took a little blow. I won by disqualification. Then my opponent hit me in the back with a ladder. Uh, oh, yeah. And then laid the ladder down, put my head between the rungs of the ladder, and then climbed the ropes like he was going to jump on it. Security split us up. Got him out of the ring, helped me to my feet. And at that point, I took a straight charge, ran, flipped over the top rope, and landed on him and the security guards that escorted him out of the ring. When I got to the back, he looked at me. He's like, hey, I thought I told you to take it easy. Sean, I did take it easy. I didn't start the match that way. <laughs> but since then, um, I don't necessarily throw caution to the wind, but I don't. I don't stop myself from going through all emotions, doing everything like I used to, just because if I got scared of getting hurt again, I'd probably make the mistake and get hurt again. Mm. I feel like that's something that like I hear a lot from my trainer is always, uh, you can't think about it. Otherwise, the more you think about it, the more like you start to overly be cautious and that yep. the more risk that there is involved. Cause I know like, he uh when he first taught me how to take a power bomb he was like listen like it's gonna happen fast it's gonna happen furiously you just tuck your chin and just help that's it and i was like okay <laughs> and i remember getting slammed i was like yeah that all sucked all of it <laughs> but i was like at least i didn't think about like oh my god i'm gonna fall or something and then like even like giving one back to it was like he's like just think fast just He's like, don't even think about it. Just think about like a uh, Nash, and then like I remember like hitting it the first time, and I was like, I really like doing this move a lot. <laughs> the first time I took a power bomb, I held my breath. Oh, <laughs> I'll never do that again. <laughs> oh, uh, I had we had our trainee, our new trainee, our newest guy, and uh, I told him I was like, don't hold your breath when you take this first bump. And he's like, I won't. I've seen how it looks like on TV. And all, oh, I, heard was, all I heard was, <laughs> I was like, try to tell you. <laughs> I was like, but hey, 
You'll get them, partner. <laughs> <laughs> Nope, that's 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 such a common common thing, especially with new guys. They they hold their breath or they inhale. That oh, that's so so common, and we've all made that mistake, every one of us. Yeah, my first time holding my breath was when I wanted to try the uh, the giant senton that uh, Akira Tozawa does, and <laughs> yeah, and I didn't land in the center of the ring. No, I landed like. Right near the buckle, and I was like, "Never again will I do this move. This all sucked." <laughs> My inner child is in pain hearing that right now. <laughs> I don't even know what sparked me to even try it. I was like, "Yo, it can't be that bad." No, hundred. You were wrong, hundred percent. And the worst part was, uh, <laughs> my trainer was like. Why did you jump off the top rope? He's like, you're just supposed to fall out. I was like, because that's not how he does it. He's like, because he's been doing it for years and you've been doing it for months. And I was like, yeah, yeah, could have told me that. <laughs> I also think you've got him out, like, outweighed by like a good 40 pounds. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. It's very true. Yeah, because. You're you're a hefty dude. He's he's kind of a skinny motherfucker. So it's a big difference. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, so after the show, uh, what's that post match meal that you got to have? That depends on where I am. Uh, anytime I'm in Pennsylvania, so we'll company name drop: SWA, BDE, ACWA, AFCW. NCW, what am I missing? There was PPW for a period of time. SSW. So most of the time, anytime in Pennsylvania, if there's just sheets, I'm going to get it. Yeah. Sheets is always good to get to. <laughs> I'm, I'm starting yeah. to like sheets a lot more than Wawa's. Well, we don't have them in New York. We don't have sheets up here. Mm. So uh, when I'm in New York, it's usually wings, chicken wings. Any I, I live in Buffalo, so I mean, it's got to be wings. <laughs> I understand. I was like, any particular flavor? Um, the edible kind. That seems, I, love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> hey, uh, what's one of the hardest lessons that you've had to learn in the business? Oh. Hardest that it was a hard lesson when you learned it, or a lesson that you just took a long time to learn? Are we going to go with both? Mm, yeah, why not both? <laughs> so, a lesson that was the hardest lesson to learn was you're not going to appease to every wrestling fan. No matter how hard you try, you're not like. You're going to have some people that just don't like your gimmick. They don't like your moves. They don't like your look. They don't like your tattoos. It could be as simple as they don't like your face. You're not going to appease to every wrestling fan. That one was such a hard lesson because vast majority of my career, I've been the baby face. I've been the good guy. And trying to appease to everybody, trying to be that 100% marketable main event guy and still not winning over 100% of the crowd, 
what am I doing wrong? I think I'm doing something wrong. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. And then you start doing something and that person likes you, but then you lost three people that liked you from before. So it's, that one was probably the hardest one to accept. The hardest reality lesson was how this business is the ultimate stab your friend in the back business. That was the most painful one. Yeah. So yeah, that, that would probably be the hardest hitting lesson. I, damn, I've never heard that. Like, of all the episodes I've done for this show, like, I've never heard that. And that's, and I know because a lot of people talk about how this is, like, a very big, like, cutthroat business. And I've never thought about that in the sense that if you're not watching out for it, it'll definitely be the person who's closest to you. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. The opportunities that exist for wrestlers now did not exist back then. Back then, when I was breaking into the business, WCW was already going away. So all there was was WWE. Otherwise, you had to go international. And then you had this, you know, the coming up of Ring of Honor, CCW. But again, the only TV was WWE. Then TNA came out. And everything was still really hard to get to. You had to go to a developmental Florida championship, OVW. You had to go to one of those places in order to get anywhere. But now you look at the top American ones being WWE and AEW, immediately followed by uh, Game Changers, Beyond, MLW, Ring of Honor, CZW, uh, all of the different indie companies that because of the internet are now big mainstays in all these other places. So much uh, British wrestling is over here now. New Japan is now accepted by all wrestling fans, especially because we're just coming out of um, Forbidden Door. Right. Uh, Impact has had their roller coaster of a promotion. There was a period of time where there was Global Force Wrestling. So, I mean, the amount of opportunities that exist now for wrestlers is astronomically better. But now there's also, you know, as one more company becomes a mainstay and becomes a place to go where you can make a career and make money and actually be on TV and do all these things, there's now another 20 wrestlers all gunning for the same spot. Now, for, for independent wrestlers like you, like me, like every other guest that you probably had on here, there is an opportunity to garnish attention and make a decent living off of independent wrestling where you're not contracted to be on TV every week. There is the opportunity to do that. And even those opportunities didn't exist back then. But now you run into the, there's a lot of guys that aren't properly trained and are getting spots on shows because they're cheaper guys that are getting spots on shows because they're friends, because they're buddies. I know this guy, or I'm selling X amount of tickets. It's not so much based on work ethic where you look at 20 years ago, you had to be the creme de la creme. You had to be the best of the best. Now, you still have to be the best of the best to only do right by you. But if you can't get the opportunity to get your foot in the door, doing right by you doesn't mean anything. No, no, I definitely, I definitely understand that. And I was just like, it's just, it's that taking spot, taking a step back and making sure, like, God bless, man. Like, I could not imagine, I, like, right now, because I think because, like, I am youngish in the sport, 
maybe not age wise, but like definitely know that like I'm limited on the time that I have like in the ring right now. As far as a career outside of like being an MC or being an announcer or commentary, editing, whatever, that's a whole different Adult film star. We saw the videos. Yeah, 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 I did. I tried, you know what? Like, they only accepted me in a couple roles, and I told them specifically, do not put this out until I gave the approval. They did it anyway. I made very little cash. Mia Khalifa would have been proud. <laughs> I mean, you did have to use the wide-angle lens, and that was a bonus to your credibility. That was. I was like, hey... Uh, <laughs> I was very happy with that one. Um. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, what kind of advice would you want to give to like up and coming wrestlers? Oh. So, uh, I currently do run a wrestling school in Buffalo, New York called Mad Guy Media and Arts uh, Wrestling Entertainment Academy. And the, one of the biggest things that I have to tell them, which was actually since we talked about hard lessons, um, one of the things that I tell all the students is don't get frustrated. Uh, if you give into those frustrations and you give into, you know, you know, I was just doing this and now I'm making a mistake, make those mistakes in training. Don't get frustrated because when you get frustrated, you'll make more mistakes. You'll get hurt. You might hurt someone else. And then your frustration turns to guilt. You know, if, if everyone was meant to be a wrestler, then what we do isn't special anymore. And if it was easy, then you can go buy, you know, tights off of uh, eBay, buy boots from, you know, uh, Spirit Halloween stores and go be a wrestler tomorrow. You know, it's you, you get what you put into it. You know, the time, the energy and effort that you put into it, that's what you're going to get back. Invest in yourself. It's not just money. It's that time, energy and effort. But sometimes it's money. And don't get frustrated. The, those are literally all the top things that I can say. You know, any up and coming wrestler, anyone that wants to be part of the business, even if you're not in front of the, you know, not the one in the ring, if you're a ringside, if you're a referee, if you're a commentator, if you're an announcer, if you're a producer behind the scenes, if you're helping pre and post production, don't get frustrated with what you're doing. And every role that goes into it, you're all important. So, I mean, no one is beneath anyone else for it. Yeah, that was a, I, it was funny because like, we met at uh we, we were talking at SWA and then like after SWA I um I had a couple matches like right afterwards and I went back to my trainer and I was like, dude, I think I might have taken a step back and he was just like What? He's like, I don't really see it. And I was like <laughs> I was like, Yeah, I was like and I just felt that way and then like uh went to another promotion and got to run a match with with one of my friends, one of my best friends. And uh, we tore it down. And I was like, oh, nope, I just had a moment. I was like, all right, I don't have to feel frustrated with myself. I was like, it was just just a couple bad things that happened in a match that made me think that I was taking a step back. But it ended up just kind of me being in my head a little bit too much. And he was just like, yeah, because you try to be a perfectionist at something that you shouldn't be a perfectionist at. And I was like, touche. <laughs> We're wrestlers. We're our own worst critics all the time. Oh, man. So I know you've been around for a long time, so we have to talk about this. I need one do and one don't of the locker room. (laughs) Oh, one do of the locker room. Wash your fucking gear. 
<laughs> wash your ass, wash your gear. Yes. Seriously. Deodorant should not be a foreign fucking substance. Wash your ass, wash your gear. Fucking, that's a roll of the locker room. That's a, that's a do. Don't. Mm, I'm torn. There's two that I can talk about. Put them both out there, then. Mm. <laughs> Don't bring your temporary date for the night. There's a specific term for all of you that know. No. Don't bring them into the locker room. Don't don't sit there and put them on the menu for the other boys. And don't count your money in front of the boys. Mm. Like, if, if you and your, your close boys are open to talk about it, that's one thing. Do that when it's just you guys. Don't do that around nobody else. Because, A, what you're getting paid is no one else's business. And, B... You don't want to sit there and go into working with someone where, you know, you, you work in a match with them. You both were in the exact same match and you're walking away with more in your pocket. You know, you, you don't want to do that. What you negotiate as a professional is what you negotiate. What he negotiates is what he negotiates. Don't take it personally if someone gets paid more than you. Maybe they got more time. Maybe they sold more tickets. Maybe they got uh, a better reaction. Or just maybe they just politic the right way. Oh, there's a good one. Don't get into fucking politics with wrestling. <laughs> Fuck. I, I, that's, you know, I, I love that you said that one because that's one thing that I've legitimately, I've just like, listen, like, I'm, I, I've taken this away from somebody because at first I used to tell myself, like, you know, I have a lot of friends in this business. And someone had to break it down to me. It was like, no, 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 no. You have a lot of acquaintances in this business. You may have some friends and then you'll have your team and then whoever's in your corner. And I was like, damn. That was mind-blowing to myself. And I was thinking about it and I was like, all right, well, then I'm just going to stay doing whatever I'm doing and just keep pushing forward and not worry about what anybody else has to say or do. Because at the end of the day, like I see people like all the time, like talking and like pushing themselves and like, oh, hey, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to go talk to that person. I'm going to pitch this. And I'm like, dude, I... Some people like ask me, like I was asked at the last at the show that I was at just this last weekend. They're like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I don't know. Whatever the promoter wants me to do." <laughs> just like, yeah, throw caution to the wind. Whatever at that point, like, oh, I'm working that person. Cool. Let me go talk to them, and we'll go and we'll talk about what's going to happen. Otherwise, I don't, I don't really ask that question because I'm like, I don't really at this point, like, as especially for me being only in for a couple years, I don't have. I don't have a reason to ask that question unless like this, unless like a promoter specifically wants to come to me and tell me like, Hey, this is the storyline. This is what I want to do with you. And this is how we're going to build you. Cool. Whatever. Whoever you put out there is whoever I'll work. And then I don't really care about what's going to happen after that. I just, I just want to have fun and tear it up and then have more people want to come work with me. No, I'm dude. I'm the exact same way. So it doesn't matter that you're a couple years and I'm almost 20. Uh, doesn't make a difference. That's that's my MO too. Is uh, you know, I'll ask the promoter, it's like, hey, what do you want? What's what's the goal for this? I'll, I'll put my spin on how we get there, but what do you want? What what's what's the goal? Is this gonna be long term? Do you just need this for the night? You know, uh, how can I help reach your vision my way? Oh, I like I like how you said that. I'm gonna have to like sorry, I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> No, no, please, please steal it. Because what we do is a physical art form. 
you know, we're, we're painting a picture with our bodies. So, I mean, it's, they're the ones that give us the concept. We're the ones that got to paint the picture. So it's our bodies that do the work. It's their vision that we got to bring to life. So, I mean, what we do, you know, how can I get to your vision my way? You know, if you had someone say, Hey, copy the Mona Lisa versus, Hey, draw your interpretation of the Mona Lisa. They're going to get two vastly different pictures. Yeah, nobody's going to like my vision because mine's going to look like finger paint from like a three-year-old who just like never have – well, you know what? To be honest, most three-year-olds haven't seen a Mona Lisa. So, yeah, that's exactly what it's going to look like, just splat. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Who's to say that that finger painting isn't going to be looked at as modern art by some people? Again, this goes back to my earlier point where what you do will appeal to some people and other people won't give a shit. None of the people will hate what you do, and then you'll have other people that stalk you and send you their underwear in the mail. Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> no one's getting yeah, my address. Yeah, you don't want to go through that. You know, I don't. <laughs> hey, so those are all my heavy hitting questions, but we do have to get into the second best segment of the Three Count Podcast, and you're probably trying to figure out what's the first, and that's the Red Dogs Power Rankings that you can find every Sunday on our debate show. But this is the Three Count Podcast, Ten Count Questions, and Mr. Trip, this is how it works. I'm gonna fire off. 10 questions at you, rapid, fast, and uh, whatever's your answer, that's your answer. All right, cool. So we're going to put on the imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And here we go. Smackdown or Raw? Raw. Favorite movie? Favorite movie? The Four Rooms. Yes. Sonic or Knuckles? Sonic. Favorite cartoon? Animaniacs. Let's go. That's the first time I heard that on the show. So underrated. <laughs> <laughs> Backstreet Boys are in sync. Backstreet Boys. Favorite Fortnite character? When the game is off. <laughs> Let's go. PlayStation or Xbox? Yes. I like that. I like that answer. Favorite podcast? This one. Right? It's not like it's not marketed here or here or there or just down here. Uh, nominate one person that you want to see on this show. Um, Hope Dealer Saren Rain. Yes. And then we're, last night. We're actually rocking his uh, pride shirt. I love it. <laughs> And last but not least, my favorite question to ask every single person who comes on this podcast, favorite curse word? Fuck. Right. <laughs> There's got to be any other word out there. <laughs> oh, actually, sometimes it might be twat waffle. Uh, that's, that's a good one, too. I like that. <laughs> 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 but those are all my questions that I have. So the last thing I actually have for you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Oh man, you want to find us anywhere, whether it's uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Xbox, PlayStation. Uh, you're going to look up the madness of trip. That's literally where we are at all times. YouTube as well. Uh, upcoming, actually uh, July 2nd, we're going to be at NYCW going against the, uh, NYCW Heritage Champion Black Rose. Oh, other than that, 
at different points this month. You're going to see us at a lot of different places, uh, or next month, I should say. July 16th, Supernova Wrestling in Massachusetts. Um, the 22nd, you can catch us at the Hamburg Fieldhouse. Uh, it actually was just announced today for Outbreak Wrestling. We're in a six-man tag match with Mil Muertes from Lucha Underground fame. So, yeah, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, you're interested in wrestling training, Mad God Media and Arts in Buffalo, New York. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Uh, if we come up with other stuff, we'll, we'll put it out there. We're a sore thumb. We stick out. You'll find us. Bet. There you go. He gave you the handles. He gave you the school. He gave you where he's going to be at. And he even told you about who he's working with, Mordmetes himself. And uh, you know what that means. That means we got to talk about our favorite part of the wrestling match, going home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents <laughs> Now Entering Ring, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficient than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering the ring. You see him right there. Actually, he's right there. And uh, he is the madness of Trip. And uh, you guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there or... You are subscribing to all of our stuff, whether it's IG, Twitter, TikTok, or even here on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you can find us. You're leaving comments. You're sharing with your friends. So you're either there or you're waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for that outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Peace. What's going on, Three Count Nation? I'm Clifford Red Dog Miller with the catchphrase. But what I really want to do right now, go to twitter.com, right? Go over there, find us at the Three Count underscore pod, give us a follow, give us a like, give us a comment. We want to talk to you guys. Go to IG at the Three Count Pod, give us a like, give us a follow, leave us a comment. We want to interact with you. Go to youtube.com, give subscribe, turn the bell on, turn the notifications, leave a comment. We want to talk to you. Go to anchor.fm forward slash the three count podcast. And in there, you can leave us a message and we will talk to you. Basically, what I'm trying to tell you is that we want to talk to you. We want to have fun with you guys and we love listening to what you guys have to say. Also, one thing I need you to do for me, the three count podcast also has merchandise. At prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the three count pod. Please go buy our t-shirts. We love you guys and we hope you love us too. So. Show us some support, please.